The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of Aussie-made on-demand videos to help you look to God daily. Be challenged by a series of apologetic interviews produced by Creation Ministries International and inspired by Helping Hands, which showcases people and organisations who make the world a better place. There are new videos being added every week in the free Vision Christian Media app. Just tap the Watch tab to see the growing selection. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face. To helping you understand the issues going on in the world. To clear and understandable Bible teaching. All peppered with great Christian music. The latest news. And even a few laughs along the way. You're about to experience just a small part of what we do. For the full experience, tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au or download our free app. What do you think the biggest issues are that we are facing? Uh, Do you feel empowered to address some of those issues? Or do you feel in some way powerless? And how does a Christian pray about the challenges that we might face in the year ahead? Well, we're going to talk through a whole lot of things and you can help to shape our conversation this hour as you participate. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Bill Muhlenberg, who is a Christian commentator from Culture Watch and our usual Culture Watch segment for a Friday extended today. And uh, welcome along to you, Bill Muhlenberg. Great to be back. Well, Bill, this is a great way to end 2020 for the year, our final program for 2015. And, of course, we'll be back uh, big and bright, hopefully, uh, there at 2016. And uh, I don't say hopefully because there's any doubt, but uh, uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, hit our stride early next year as some of those battles continue. Bill, uh, as you uh, are uh, constantly monitoring some of the things that are being Uh, discussed in a public forum in the nation, those things, those big issues, the ethical challenges that uh, we face in Australia. Uh, As you look back on 2015 and as you see yourself now looking towards 2016, uh, are you optimistic or are you pessimistic? (laughs) Well, it's a good question, and uh, I guess it depends on whether we're talking long-term or short-term. Uh, if we simply looked ahead for the next few months, uh, oh well, from my vantage point, it's not looking all that terrific. Uh, we've had some big losses uh, here and overseas on some of the very key issues, marriage, family, life issues, uh, freedom of religion issues. So probably in the short term, at least in the West, <laughs> I think things may actually uh they may get worse before they get better, but if we're taking a longer-term uh, perspective, should the Lord tarry, um, well, there's always hope. Um, it took centuries, of course, to take a paganized world 2,000 years ago, and eventually it became, uh, well, the free, prosperous, democratic West that we enjoy today. So that didn't happen overnight. It was a long haul. And in many ways, I think, sadly, we are kind of heading into a a new paganism in the West. And so we may have to kind of fight a lot of these big battles all over again. Interestingly, Bill, when we talk about Christians and some of the battles that we might be facing, uh, whether you have a 
a positive outlook, an optimistic outlook or a negative uh, pessimistic outlook, I'm sure some of that actually uh, determines the actions that we might take because if we think we're fighting an unwinnable battle, perhaps we'll just uh, roll over and, uh, you know, let the steamroller squash us flat. I don't know whether that's a very good analogy to use, but, but, the, but the idea of, uh, of having a certain sense of optimism and, and there is something, isn't there, intrinsic in Christian faith that we are an optimistic people because we know that God is the one who holds the future. But, uh, but there is a sense in which we do battle with some pessimism. Mm. Now, very good point indeed. Um, obviously, as a believer, we know how the story ends. We have read the last chapter in the book. We know uh, God prevails. His enemies are put down. Uh, justice, righteousness win the day. So that is the longer-term good news, that, yeah, God is on the throne, and he shall prevail. However, there are battles in the meantime, plenty of uh, very real battles that we have to engage in. Obviously, they all begin as a spiritual battle, but we have to fight them on the various levels. So that means getting involved in the social, cultural issues of the day. Uh, getting involved in some of the political legislative battles as well. So that's the kind of how all this gets teased out in the real world. And there we find, well, well <laughs> you win some, you lose some. We, uh, you know, certainly in America earlier this year, the Supreme Court ruling on marriage basically striking down the, you know, thousands of years of history of what marriage is by five unelected uh, lawyers uh, that was a real blow, and it's going to take a lot of work to undo that, if possible. So, again, depends. The uh, The big picture is God is in control. We do win, ultimately, but in the meantime, we're called to be salt and light. And that means getting our hands dirty, getting involved in some of these battles and not just sitting it out. So, uh, and even there, your uh, your eschatology, your view of the end times can determine some of this. You know, if you think the world's just getting worse and worse, Jesus is coming back at any moment, therefore why bother? Uh, well, <laughs> that's one way to re- reply to all of this, but uh, it's a pretty, uh, it may not be a helpful uh, view. In fact, uh, if we just go back a couple hundred years ago, we all know about William Wilberforce, another great social activist, Lord Shaftesbury. Now, they both had quite different views on the end times, on eschatology, on how things would all pan out. But both, despite their views, uh, were very much involved in the social issues of the day. So we need not uh, let our particular theology of the end uh, be an excuse for not doing anything, not getting involved, not being salt and light. Well, wanting to invite listeners to be part of our conversation this hour, and we're going to, I suspect, uh, talk about a lot of different issues. How deeply we'll talk about every one of those uh, will might be dependent on who's uh, inquiring and who's concerned about those particular issues. Let's take a, an early call this hour. Heather is on the Gold Coast in Queensland. Hello, Heather. Welcome along to 2020. Thank you. Yes. Heather, what are your thoughts on uh, on our discussion as we take a bit of an audit on uh, the issues that we are facing in the nation, the end of 2015? Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I think, this is my thoughts and my opinion, that um, 
we are really living in perilous times. And so what God says is very important, and it's important for us as Christians to be bold. And I believe the best way to do that is um, 2 Chronicles 7.14. And um, because it says in the uh, Word of God, that if my people humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. And in the times that we're living in, um, it's easy to go along a course that we think is okay, but it's only until we come back to God, then we can get that confidence with humbling ourselves, praying, not in a downing ourselves, but just saying, hey God, here we are. We need your help. We need to work with you. You're wanting to win souls. You're wanting to save um, people's lives. Help, you know, then we'll have the boldness. When we know our sins are forgiven, we can act boldly and declare boldly to our generation. Heather, some wonderful thoughts in that. Let's hear uh, Bill Muhlenberg, your thoughts on what Heather is sharing. Yes, a terrific point indeed. Of course, we always have to go back to that second Chronicles seven fourteen passage, yeah. don't we? It's uh, just yeah. crucial. It's uh, and again, right. it puts puts the emphasis where it should be on God's people. Uh, we expect yeah. the world to uh, you know uh, get us into all kinds of strife and uh, push all kinds of agendas, but there and other passages like it, the emphasis is on well, God's people. What are we going to do if we get our act together? Uh, Peter speaks about. Judgment must first begin with the household of God. So the same theme. Um, you know, what are we doing? Are we playing games? Are we, uh, you know, not doing what we're supposed to be as believers? Are we being salt and light? So uh, repentance does begin with the church. It begins with us. And as we get our act together by the grace of God and start living the life he's called us to, well, a lot of these issues of the day, I think we're better placed to deal with. Heather from the Gold Coast, thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. What are the biggest issues in your mind uh, that are facing Australia? Which ones do you think need to be confronted? Uh, Let's start naming a few issues. And Bill Muhlenberg, uh, one issue that I know that uh, from one survey I was looking at from earlier on this year, uh, that's uh, it's an interesting uh, philosophical uh, idea as well, is that most Aussies are concerned with the economic issues uh, mm. that the nation faces and not some of these other mm. uh, ethical and spiritual issues that we are often talking about. Uh, what about uh, that particular issue and what sort of balance do you think we ought to have when we're Christian believers? Because obviously we're concerned about economics and the mm. other issues as well. Yeah. Oh, look, it's certainly, uh, I mean, everybody's concerned about the back pocket issues, the, uh, you know, what's in the wallet, where uh, the next paycheck is coming from. So that's fair enough. And if we're uh, losing out on, say, jobs or job security or not making ends meet and so on, well, those are very real issues that impact on all of us. Now, in theory, the believer should have a You know, while being concerned about such things, there also should be this idea that God is our provider. He does look after us if we fully trust in him. He will uh, take care of us. So, you know, in in that sense, we shouldn't be 
full of worry, as a non-Christian might be, uh, wondering, uh, you know, gee, I'm really concerned about the economy or how my stocks are doing. You know, just putting too much emphasis on money is obviously uh, something the Bible warns against. So, sure, place for uh, looking at the economy and related issues. Those are important, but I think, I suspect for many believers, it may be more a case of, you know, well, gee, I'm really looking forward to getting that newer, bigger uh, plasma TV or that uh, second vacation or the third car. Uh, You know, I think in the West, a lot of Christians are doing pretty well, actually, uh, compared to so much of the rest of the world. So it kind of depends what your economic concerns are. If it's simply how to uh, better live a kind of a selfish life, well, I'm not too sure that's a priority we should be having. (laughs) Uh, Well, interestingly, when it comes to economic issues, we look to various sides of government or opposition uh, to look at their policies and and mostly when people actually cast a vote, and of course we're going to have a federal election next year, uh, we are often told that people vote according to the economic issues. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing, Bill, is because somehow or other we've uh, we've been... uh, uh, separated from the foundations, the moral foundations, people also look to the government to actually give guidance on the moral foundations, yeah. uh, which ordinarily in previous times uh, people would look to a religious base, uh, mm-hmm. the Christian foundations, but people are looking to the government. They're not necessarily looking to the church for that guidance. Uh, so interesting to talk about uh, the government Uh, issues that the government uh, is uh, deliberating about, economic and also moral. Uh, Something's out of balance there. Well, that's right. Your whole point about uh, looking to the state, to government, to kind of uh, both meet all of our needs and to can provide for our life, uh, that's certainly where the West is headed of late. Whereas in the past, as you suggest, it was, you know, church groups, uh, community groups and others that did so much of this, even basic welfare work, education and so on. So there's no question we've tended to, uh, you know, put our trust not so much in God, but in the state. And uh, maybe some of the shaking we see, uh, you know, whether economic uh, crises and so on, maybe that's part of God's way of getting our attention hey, there's more important things in life, and I'm the one who actually provides. I'm the one who looks after you in this area. Uh, You know, why are you putting the state ahead of me in so many of these areas? And sadly, as you say, moral issues as well. We tend to do that. We just follow the guidance of what the state does instead of challenging the state on some of these issues. 1-800-316-316 to participate in our conversation today talking about, well, it's the week before Christmas and where are we going as a nation? What do you think the biggest issues are that we face in Australia? Let's hear from Juliana in Eden's Landing in Queensland. Hello, Juliana. Welcome along to 2020. Well, thank you very much for um, having me. That's lovely. Um, My comment is, and this is something I've done myself, um, as Heather has um, already spoken about that scripture about um, turning from our wicked ways and um, and God, the Lord will heal our land. I mean, we need to search our hearts and find the hidden, like ask the Lord to search our hearts and bring our hidden sin to the surface. The idolatry we have in our house, 
and I mean, um, you know, if we've got things in our house and not pleasing to God, we have images or things that, that are uh, uh, of, of another God and, and with a, C, a small G-O-D. And, um, the, you know, it says in the, the, the commandments not to have any other gods before me. Well, where have we put other gods before our, um, our one true God? Where have we been unfaithful to him? Um, what what have we got in our houses that need to be turfed out? Books, um, you know, we need a spiritual clean out. We need to renew our mind with 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 the Word of God. We need to really seriously get into the Word and get down on our knees and repent, because as a nation we need to come together and in repentance. Interesting thoughts there, Juliana. Let's hear from Bill Muhlenberg. Uh, Bill, and uh, if you can pick up on uh, issues to do with modern idolatry. Sometimes we read about idolatry in the Bible and we're thinking of uh, gods of wood and stone, but uh, but idolatry is a little bit deeper than that, and Juliana making some great points there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Amen to everything she said. And we do need to think this through. It is, as you say, easy to think of... uh, idols as uh, some statue you might worship as they did in ancient Israel, but come on, plenty of things today that we make into idols. Uh, Career, of course, uh, success, fame, power, money, uh, you know, just one thing after another that the world strives after, again, tying it back to the economic uh, issue of a few minutes ago, just striving to have the best of everything, getting the best car, the best entertainment you know it's it it becomes an idol and as she rightly said we need to get on our knees and start repenting of the various idols in our life if we want to see god at work in australia in the west well again a bit of house cleaning is the first place to begin i'd say Juliana from Eden's Landing, thanks so much for your input today on 2020. You can help to shape our conversation this hour, 1-800-316-316, to join in our conversation. Bill Muhlenberg, our guest, Christian commentator from Culture Watch, an apologist, an ethicist, an author. Uh, Bill Muhlenberg, uh, uh, I didn't know that our conversation would actually be going the way that it has today. I I wrote a list, as uh, you would ordinarily do if you're talking about uh, doing some sort of an audit, and on my list is things like terrorism, mm. uh, is things like uh, refugee crises, the uh, the marriage issues, and uh, the marriage referendum. And interestingly, Bill, the two callers that have called in have been talking about prayer and mm. idolatry as yeah. the yeah. big issues. And uh, and you know, I'm blown away by that because these are foundation issues. Because this mm. is what gets the culture right. Uh, depending on whether the people of God are in prayer and whether the people of God are uh, setting up idols before God. Yes, absolutely right. Uh, It is because we're not praying, we're not repenting. We are allowing idols in our, well, not just in our nation, in our homes, as the last caller said, in our hearts. Um, These are the foundational matters and sure, all the other things have to be addressed, the attack on marriage and family, the sanctity of life, all the battles, uh, Islamic terrorism. In some ways, you can almost see that, you know, is God perhaps allowing some of these things to get our attention, to wake us up? Church, what are you doing? What are your values? What are your priorities? Is it all about entertainment and amusement and keeping the masses happy? Or is it about keeping God happy, which means uh, living a life of holiness, of repentance, 
you know, keeping a short account with them. We all need to do that. I need to do it. So uh, I think getting back to these core uh, principles is probably not a bad direction to be on for a few moments. A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Taking calls 1-800-316-316. You might like to contribute to our conversation this hour. Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch is with us. Bill, we're talking about some of the biggest issues that are facing the nation. And uh, I mentioned that people might like to contribute, uh, whether they feel empowered to address those issues or whether they feel powerless. Uh, What can you do as an individual? Not everybody is going to be able to contribute and to fight the battle, but I guess there's a responsibility for all of us to have a go somewhere. Mm. No, quite right. Uh, Obviously, we all have different gifts, callings, ministries, and so on. Uh, My most recent article speaks to this very matter, actually. Uh, You know, I happen to be called into what we call the culture wars and political lobbying and speaking and teaching and all this stuff. That's not everybody's call, obviously. Uh, So, sure, everybody will have a different uh, role to play in this. Certainly everyone can pray. That's the very least. Uh, Nobody can stop you from praying. We should be on our knees about the sanctity of life or the attack on marriage and family. But plenty of other things we can do, practical things, getting... uh, truth out in the public arena may even mean just uh, instead of posting pictures of the coffee you had this morning on Facebook, uh, post a a Bible verse or, uh, you know, mention some issue that needs to be discussed, whether marriage or the life issues and so on. So a lot of stuff we can do, pretty simple, to at least raise awareness, start getting a discussion about some of these key issues. So there's quite a bit that average uh, person can actually do here. I noticed that in one of your latest articles, which is entitled Culture Wars, Priorities and Picking Your Battles, you talk about the power of uh, those conversations that you have across the fence or at the barbecue. Uh, Mm. Those are very powerful grassroots ways that people are influenced uh, towards righteousness. No, absolutely. As I say, uh, not everybody has to go to Canberra, the Parliament House, and catch up with the Senate inquiry or chat to an MP. Uh, That's important. But there's a million other things, as you just mentioned, uh, over the backyard barbecue, chatting over the fence with a neighbor. Uh, There's so many, you know, your workmate, your classmate, just sharing basic truths, uh, whether basic Christian truths about, you know, Hey, it's Christmas. Why are we celebrating Christmas 2,000 years on? Do you know what actually Christmas is all about? Why do we celebrate this? What is the birth of Jesus all about? Why is it so significant? So easy opportunity this time of year, obviously, to share some basic truth. But um, again, whole range of issues, the abortion wars, whatever, we can share truth with our friends, with our neighbors, and uh, at least get them thinking. That's, that's got to be a first step. 1-800-316-316 to be part of our conversation today. Let's hear from George in Rockhampton in Queensland. Hello, George. Welcome along to 2020. Hello. Yeah, I missed most of the program, but I think I got the gist of it. And I'd just like to say I'm, I'm glad we have a forgiving God because as our minister's been over to Africa and India and to see the way they live and the way we live, it's, the contrast is quite extraordinary. 
That's right. Uh, the contrast is is different, and uh, what you're getting at, I guess, is uh, is talking about uh, who we are in context. That not everybody's living the same way we are, and uh, we need to be mindful of that. A mission focus as well. Is that what you're getting at, George? Yes, yes. So, as they are brothers and sisters in Christ, and to see the extremely difficult conditions they live in, to the way we live. Uh, Bill Muhlenberg, your thoughts on what George is sharing. Yes, an important point. Uh, we did actually briefly kind of mention this in the first half of our discussion. You know, we were talking about what are the idols uh, that we have in the West today, and we did look at uh, economics. We did look at, you know, is it just to get the biggest house and the fanciest TV and the newest car and so on? Is that the priority we have? Is that the value we have? If so... Uh, well, that is an idol, and we do need to repent of it. So, yeah, certainly being aware of what's happening around the world, how so many people still, you know, they're struggling for the next meal for shelter. Um, we were so spoiled in the West that we really need to uh, take stock of our lifestyle and look at how so much of the rest of the world actually lives, and that would really go a long way to dealing with a lot of the core issues that we find ourselves in. George from Rockhampton, thanks so much for your input today here on 2020. Let's take another call, another Queenslander, Robin, who is in Mount Morgan. Hello, Robin. Welcome along. Yes, hi. Um, uh, good um, the feedback. I, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Um, but I was just thinking of the, the cycles of mankind because I've, I, I get um, very discouraged sometimes when I see the state of things and, and the way the government is you know, making all these decisions. But... I just remember these cycles of, of mankind, you know, that we start off with God and then we um, get mm. self-confident and then we start um, falling away from God and then rebel from God and it becomes so bad because we're suffering now because of our own uh, wrongdoing and, um, and then people call out on God because they're in strife. And I just, I'm encouraged when I hear Muslims coming to Christ and other people that wouldn't normally give Jesus a thought because they become desperate. And it's the typical cycle. If you look at judges in particular, how everyone did what was right in their own eyes, and which is exactly what's happening today. Oh, boy, you should see my relatives or hear them. It's, yeah. it's um, frustrating. But um, that's the only thing that encourages me is that, oh, well, we're in that cycle and God knows, and he withdraws when we throw him out. And uh, then we get in a strife and then we call him back. So um, I just thank him for all the Muslims that are coming to Christ and and others that will soon come to Christ, even in the West, when they start squealing, because things are going to get really bad. So that's my thought. Let's get some thoughts from Bill Muhlenberg. Bill, uh, cyclical uh, challenges there. Uh, what are your thoughts on what Robin is sharing? Yeah, well, terrific uh, observation, terrific perspective. Uh, that's exactly what we need. We need the long-term historical perspective, which, by the way, is the biblical perspective, uh, Book of Judges is your perfect example there, isn't it? You know, people uh, grow, uh, you know, affluent and get careless and forget about God, get into strife, you know, end up crying out for deliverance. God raises up a deliverer, and over and over it goes. And that's pretty much, you know, we're seeing this played out in the West today. We, I think because of the grace of God, the whole Judeo-Christian worldview uh, gave birth to the West and all the goods that we have, 
rule of law and prosperity and freedom and democracy. These are all the outgrowth of the Christianization of the West, but we're throwing it away. We've thrown out God, and uh, of course, we can't live on this uh, borrowed spiritual capital, if you will, for too long. Without God as the foundation, all the goods we now enjoy, well, we're just going to lose them. So yeah, we need the big picture here. We need to look at the the cycle that we're in, and at the moment, it's a downward uh, part of the cycle. And unless we, again, get back to basics, get back on our knees, get right with God as both his people and as a nation, uh, it's probably going to keep getting a bit worse. So we got to have that big picture. It's Neil with you. It is the Friday edition of 2020. It's the final edition of 2020 for 2015. And you can be part of our conversation this hour as we take something of an audit on where we're at in Australia with the issues that we face just one week before Christmas. 1-800-316-316 to be part of our conversation. Where do you think Australia is headed? Uh, what do you think the biggest issues are that face us as Aussies? And do you feel empowered to address those issues or do you feel powerless? How does a Christian pray about the challenges of the year ahead? Bill Muhlenberg is with us this hour. We're talking through these issues, something of an audit on where we are at the end of 2015. Uh, Bill, uh, just to uh, to reflect on one listener who called in who didn't want to go to air from Tasmania who said, my concern is with the Greens, how they're constantly pushing the homosexual and other minority groups' agendas and uh, he's uh, getting fed up actually hearing about ISIS. Uh, mm. Some mixed mixed <laughs> points in there, but uh, your thoughts on that listener from Tasmania? Uh, well, uh, I mean, I can identify with being tired hearing about certain things, but when they keep coming up again and again, that may mean we need to pay attention to him. He's raised two things, the Greens and pushing homosexuality. Well, that is sadly uh, ongoing, a recurrent and an important issue, not just in itself, but of course what it's all about really. For the Christian, we're talking here about God's intentions for human sexuality, for marriage, for family. So all these, of course, under direct attack uh, by the push of the homosexual activists. So all Christians have to be concerned about some of these key biblical issues, uh, you know, from day one in the opening chapter of Genesis and to the concluding chapter of Revelation. We see the importance of marriage. So when it is under attack so much like it is today, well, it may be tiring to hear about it, but uh, we have to stand up for what is close to the heart of God. As to IS, well, actually I had a similar person say something like that to me as well, and I said, well, it's easy for us to grow tired of hearing this. We're not the ones being killed or raped or tortured or beheaded. Uh, it becomes much more real if you live in the Middle East. Um, you know, this is a real issue. It's not going to go away. Burying our head in the sand and just saying, I'm tired of hearing about IS. Well, come on. It's like saying we were tired of hearing about the Nazis in the 1930s. Uh, that didn't solve the problem. In fact, it made it worse. It was called appeasement and, uh, you know, pretending things would just be fine. You have to deal with genuine evil. And IS is genuinely evil. It has to be dealt with one way or another. So as much as we may not like to hear about it, 
Uh, we have to. Uh, we're irresponsible, certainly as a believer, if we just try to uh, you know, pretend some of these core issues are just not happening. Well, we are taking calls 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Graham in Tasmania. Hello, Graham. Welcome along to 2020. Hello. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, and uh, the first couple of uh, verses talk about the blessings of God upon you and all the blessings and all these things will come upon you. When you get to 15, then you get the cursings. All the things that if we don't follow God shall come upon us. Now all these things are happening to us now because we've turned from God. That's why this nation's going down. You see, no sensible uh, decisions from our government. Why you see all this trouble with the uh, Middle East? And the Middle East is now one as one Muslim from North Africa to Arabia now is under Muslim domination. And uh, so there it is. We need all to turn to God, to get into our Bible, to see what it really says. That's good stuff, Graham. Uh, your thoughts, Bill Muhlenberg? Well, once again, hitting the home run here with some core biblical truth. You can't go beyond that. We have to uh, recognize that we are in a mess because we have told God to get lost. Uh, There was a famous uh, speech that the Soviet dissident Alexander Solzhenitsyn gave, actually, at Harvard University about 35 years ago, and he said, all this is happening because we have forgotten God. We've told God to get lost, and so there it is. Whether it's from Solzhenitsyn, a caller in Tasmania, or the book of Deuteronomy, Uh, It's all there when we keep pretending that we can live a comfortable life uh, and pretend that God is not in the picture somehow. Well, that's a recipe for disaster. And by the way, if you read that chapter in Deuteronomy, uh, the curses, there's a whole lot more curses than there are blessings. So, uh, you know, we need to uh, take seriously both sides of that coin. And if we were reflecting further on that, I guess uh, that blessing and that cursing, Bill, uh, is a result of obedience, an mm-hmm. issue there that uh, that Christians, I guess, here in Australia, we need to take stock of uh, obedience to God. Oh, absolutely. That's the whole uh, point of that chapter in Deuteronomy. It's about the covenant relationship between Yahweh and his people. And yeah, obedience is the key. If you obey, keep my covenant, then yeah, the blessings will be there. But if you disobey, here are the curses that will be uh, forthcoming. So obedience is always the key in Old and New Testament. And uh, sadly, a lot of Christians seem to think obedience is maybe an optional extra or we can just get by without it but it really is the core uh, of our walk with god in fact jesus made it perfectly clear he said if you love me right you'll keep my commandments so there it is it's uh, plain as day but sometimes we need to be reminded of plain truths graham from tasmania thanks so much for your great input today here on 2020 316 quite a lot of calls coming through jan is in perth hello jan welcome along to 2020 good morning from perth yes um, it is good morning in perth isn't it so yeah yes, jan what are your morning. thoughts <laughs> yes. um yes I, i've um, been Applauding the conversation on on uh, Vision Radio uh, with all my heart, that what's been said. 
And I think that one of the trends, um, one of the um, major trends in Australia and Western countries is materialism. Mm. I believe that it's uh, a great strategy to keep Christmas simple. After all, our Lord was didn't even have a proper bed when he was born. He was born in an animal shed. Uh, do we need to spend all this money to celebrate his birth? Isn't it more important to celebrate him with our hearts? And I was think, thinking about that. I was speaking to a friend yesterday. I had given her a Christmas card, a fairly close friend in our church, and she was saying to me, oh, she hadn't got around to sending any Christmas cards this year. But it transpires that she had been flat out preparing about 65 hampers with a few other people from church for those who are underprivileged. And she was flat out with the food donations and the um, monetary donations to, to prepare all these hampers individually for... Um, some of the destitute families in the and still feeling guilty church. about not having the Christmas cards. Well, uh, your friend needs to be applauded, and uh, certainly a, a and pat on the back from us. That. Surely that's more important than, than <laughs> sending Christmas cards. That's right. And I think that we leave out <clears throat> leave out um, the spirit of Christ in our Christmas celebrations, and get caught up with all these money issues and um, what we have to have and. And the solid foundation of what we want is forgotten. Mm. Well, just uh, fabulous thoughts there. Thank you so much. And I uh, just reflecting on uh, on how you actually bring Christ back into Christmas. Something very very simple. If you feel like your Christmas day doesn't have Christ in it, uh, you just need to decide to go along to a church service on Christmas day. You'll find one in your community. In your suburb, in your town, there'll be a Christmas Day service somewhere. And even if some local churches might not have a Christmas Day service, many will simply decide to go along and bring Jesus right into the heart of your Christmas Day. Bill Muhlenberg, uh, thoughts on what uh, what Jan was sharing, though, from Perth? Yes, another excellent point. Uh, Again, a recurrent theme here about... uh Money, finances, um, you know, what are we doing with wealth and so on. It's uh, such a idol and such a god in the West today that, uh, you know, it's very hard to shake Christians out of it. Uh, we can rightly say that, you know, wealth and so on are blessings from God if used wisely. But uh, great wealth without God uh, well, it simply becomes a curse. It becomes something we're bound to, and we simply, it can, well, it can often drive us away from God. So we even have, I hate to say it in the West, whole theologies, uh, you know, prosperity gospels and so on. So we've really kind of lost touch of what the, uh, not just the Christmas message, but the whole Christian message is all about. Thank you so much to Jan from Perth for your input today. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Val is in Mackay in Queensland. Hello, Val. Welcome along. Hello, Val. What are your thoughts? Well, I was going to say all these various problems and things that are happening in the earth that are so scary and troubling can all be explained by one scripture, and that's one John five nineteen. It says the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. That's the problem. We talk about 
um, when things happen that everything uh, is something God did, but we need to take into account that the word says all the world lies under the sway of the wicked one, and that's who we have to deal with. There has to be the spiritual warfare. And Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. And that means that we are to be on the aggressive against um, hell's strongholds in the earth. Um, Romans 4.13 says that the earth belongs to um, Abraham's spiritual descendants. But like the promised land, we have to possess it. So we we need to get our eschatology sorted out. We're not going to get zapped out any minute now. We're here to reclaim the earth for God. That's what the cross is about. Wow. Uh, Very powerful thoughts there, Val. Your thoughts, Bill Muhlenberg? Uh, Well, we're on the same page. Uh, (laughs) I've been saying for years and years, you know, the lordship of Christ should extend to every area of life. We're not just disembodied spirits waiting to be zapped up into the clouds. Uh, We've got a mission here on planet Earth, as Jesus taught us in his prayer. Uh, May your will be done on Earth as it is in heaven. So we've got work to do here. The lordship of Christ should extend. We should get involved in every aspect of life. Obviously a spiritual battle at the end of the day, but manifest themselves in the political, social, cultural. So we have to get involved. we got work to do. No more easy opting out. It's time to be salt and light. Interestingly, Bill, uh, the, the default position is not goodness and righteousness. The default position that we tend to uh, fall towards is sinfulness and wickedness. And this is typical for the whole world, you have to actually fight for the righteousness. Uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a comeback position, isn't it? It's, it's the battle yeah. that has to be fought for righteousness and therefore then peace to be established. Yes, oh, absolutely. Any gardener knows that. If you do nothing with your garden, guess what? The weeds grow up all by themselves. It doesn't take any work, any effort. Uh, ask any parent with small kids. Uh, you know, having a clean room, that takes efforts, but getting a messed up room, that's easy. It's the same in this world and the spiritual battles. Sin is um, rampant. Uh, it takes effort to be salt and light, to be righteous uh, minority, remnant in a very dark culture, but that's exactly what we're called to be. Thank you to Val from Mackay in Queensland. Let's hear from Rosa in Perth, WA. Hello, Rosa. Welcome along to 2020. Hello, how are you? Very well, Rosa. What are your thoughts? Well, yes, my thoughts, I, I, a couple of people have been on that I totally agree with. If, if, if we live in disobedience to God, and then, yes, the curses will come upon us. And, of course, you know, we're fighting against darkness, spirituality. But I just want to say around this time of year, yes, it's a good time to, to tell the people about the birth of Christ, but I'm not going to get a lot of people that disagree with me. But... In Jeremiah 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, I find even a lot of churches disobey that order. It says, you know, they cut a tree out of the forest, they drag it inside, fasten it with nails, decked with silver and gold. And gold clearly says, don't go the way of the heathen. But I find a lot of these Xmas trees, Christmas, actually means Christ as sacrifice, coming from a Catholic background. Um, so it's not really a nice word. Um, a lot of churches have it in there. And also, you know, Jesus told us clearly um, why do you follow the traditions of men like the washing of cups? 
or he says, you know, um, people say, Lord, Lord, you know, and do not the thing I say. In vain do they worship me. So it's, it's you know, I have come out of that uh, tradition. I, like I said, you can tell people about the birth of Christ, which was really towards the end of September. But I find so many so-called followers of Christians use this time of year um, and, and idolize it and advertise their goods and, and really push that day where it's not, nowhere in the Bible, nowhere did we get commanded to celebrate his birth. We do. Rosa, in memory, we're know? running short of time, but let's get a quick thought from Bill Muhlenberg on what Rose is sharing. Yes, getting the basics of Christmas right is always uh, fundamental, uh, reminding people why we do it. Jesus was born. He became... Uh, God incarnate to save us from our sins. That's the message we need to keep proclaiming. Obviously, a lot of materialism, consumerism, and other things have uh, uh, taken over much of it, but we're called to bring people back to the original meaning and why it's important. Well, we are running short of time. We may be able to have a quick, uh, just thank you so much to Rosa, one very quick uh, call from Alex in Melbourne. Hello, Alex. Very, very quickly, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think, sorry, but I think the, uh, the problem is that we don't search the scriptures as we're told to. And so the messages we get are um, not according to scripture. Search the scriptures, for in them ye will... Uh, ye for in them ye think ye have eternal life. And, and a lot of the messages, uh, you, you get the impression it's all signed, sealed, and delivered. And yet, um, there is the chance to lose your salvation, because even in the Church of Sardis, it says here, uh, He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. Alex, I'm going to have to draw you short because we're running out of time, but uh, some powerful insights there and uh, certainly a big question perhaps for another day on uh, those issues of salvation. But uh, Bill Muhlenberg, uh, drawing to a close and just a, a few seconds remaining, uh, your uh, your latest article, Culture Wars, Priorities and Picking Your Battles, uh, you discuss a lot of those sorts of things that we've been talking about today, about uh, sharing with your neighbours, making a difference, actually doing something. Yes, it's a good reminder at this time of year, but of course 365 days a year we should be doing the same. We've got a story to tell, we've got a message, we've got good news. And Bill, I'm going to have to need. I'm going to have to call up your short, uh, call you short there too, because uh, we're about to go to the news in just a few moments. But Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch, simply Google Culture Watch to find Bill's latest articles. Bill, thanks for joining us today on 2020. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.